So as we open the scriptures this morning, it's a privilege and an honor and a, a quite a fearful thing to do to open the scriptures. And my prayer this morning as we've been worshiping and as we've been heard scriptures being read is that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher. That Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit would come upon us and, and transform us and change us and burn the dross away and, and we would be lights, burning lights. As Esti was sharing, that God carries us in the fire whether it's Meshach and who are the three guys who went into the, into the fire and they weren't burnt because Jesus was with them. God was with them in the fire and, and there's people here who are going through difficulties and times and difficult times and there is a, the knowledge that God is with you in that. I just want this microphone. I just want us to quietly sing. Sing a song. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Because that is our key. So if you can lead it. Yeah, it's on. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face And the things of the earth Will grow strangely dim In the light of his glory and So that's us telling us to do it Now let's sing it to the Lord Lord, we turn our eyes on you, Jesus. We look in your wonderful face. And the things of this world, they grow strangely dim. In the light of your glory and grace. So Lord, we turn. We turn our eyes, we turn our hearts towards you. And we ask, Lord, that you would be everything we need in the situation. That you are who you said you are. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And as we come to you, we found our, we found our path. We found the path of life. So open the scriptures as we read them today. Amen. So a few weeks ago, I got really excited about Naaman chapter, in, in 2 Kings chapter 5, where Naaman is uh, healed of leprosy. I just read the first uh, 15 or 16 verses. So I just want to continue and maybe next week I'll have a look at Elisha the prophet because Elisha had an authority which was from God and I want us to have a look at the authority that we have from God 
But again, I want to have a look at these two, two people in the scriptures here. There's two. There's Naaman and Gehazi. Those are the people I want to focus on this morning. In verse 15 of 2 Kings chapter 5, 2 Kings chapter 5 verse 15, it says, Then he returned to the man of God and all his company, and he came and stood before him. As he said, Behold, I know that there is no God in all earth but in Israel. So accept now a present from your servant. But he said, As the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive none. I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Then Naaman said, If not, please let me let there be given to your servant two mole lo- two mule loads, sorry, of earth. For from now on your servant will not offer burnt offering or sacrifices to any God but the Lord. In this matter, may the Lord pardon your servant when my master goes into the house of Rimon to worship there, leaning on my arm, and I bow myself in the house of Rimon. When I bow myself in the house of Rimon, the Lord pardon your service in this matter. He said, go in peace. Wow. But when Naaman had gone from him a short distance, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, See, my master has spared Naaman the Syrian in not accepting from his hand what, that which he bought. As the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. So Gehazi followed Naaman. Naaman saw someone running after him. He got down from his chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, all is well. My master has sent me to say, they have just now come to me from the hill country of Ephraim, two young men of the sons of the prophets. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of clothing. And Naaman said, be pleased to accept two talents. And urged him, and he urged him and tied up two talents of silver and two bags with two changes of clothing. And they carried them before Gehazi. And when he came from the hill, he took them from their land and put them in the house. And he sent the men away and departed. He went in and stood before his master. And, and Elisha said to him, where have you been, Gehazi? He's about to get nailed. And he said... Your servant went nowhere. But he said to him, Did not my heart go when, you, when the man turned from his chariot to meet you? Was it, a time, was it a time to accept money and vineyards, sheep and, sheep and oxen, male servants and female servants? Was it the time? Therefore the leprosy of Naaman will cling to you and your descendants forever. So he went from his presence a leper white as snow. Now what a story that is. What a story of the judgment of God. You might think, well that's a little bit harsh. That's a, bit, uh, a little bit over the top. Total lie couple of lies in that thing, and, and, and he breaks out in leprosy. So I want to have a look at, look at the question I want to ask. Don't, are, you, are you missing God? 
And I don't want to miss God. And so if we refresh the story, I'll just go back in a little bit of detail. So forgive me if you think I'm just repeating the same sermon week in and week out. But I know that it's still been bubbling in my heart. And we have a look at this man name and he was the most unlikely God person in the, to, meet the, to meet the God of the Bible, to meet the God of Israel. He wasn't living in Israel, he was, uh, he was a Syrian, he was uh, an enemy of Israel, he was, uh, 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 he probably thought the God of Israel is not relevant today. Maybe that's quite a few people in our communities. They actually think that the God of Israel, that Jesus, is not relevant today. But he is relevant. And so this successful Naaman, this military commander, this valiant warrior, had everything he could want, except he had this one thing, it says, but he had leprosy. And because of the leprosy, he ended up seeking the God of Israel. He had a need, so he sought. He had this wonderful little servant girl in his house who pointed him in the right direction. And so he goes to the one person who alone can heal him in Israel. And what does he do? And when on the way there, he takes a vast fortune because he wants to buy his healing. He goes to the king of Israel and he wants to uh, pay for, for, for the healing. And, 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 the, and the, the God of Israel, the king of Israel actually has, can't do anything. So he thinks he's picking a fight with them. He thinks he's in trouble. But eventually he gets to the prophet. And he... Stands at the door and the prophet doesn't even come out, doesn't even greet him. He sends a servant and says, go and wash in the river Jordan. In the river Jordan. And Naaman is angry and is furious because he wants to be able to do something. We want, there's deep within our hearts. There is something which says to you and me, we have to earn our salvation. Who has bewitched you, you foolish Galatians? Who has bewitched you, you foolish Sereptarians? I'm talking to myself. We started off in faith. We started off believing in the grace of God. And now we're trying to earn our salvation. We think if we do this and do that, then God's going to hear us. He's a God of grace. And all He wants you and I is to call upon Him. Psalm 34 last week, which Amanda, uh, Joe read, I think it was. Where de- deliverance comes from the Lord. All we have to do is call on the Lord. And so what you and I need today, we need a need. And we need to come just as we are. You know, when uh, uh, Billy Graham does those, his big, uh, he did those big uh, crusades, they always played that song, just as, just as I am, I come. And that's what we come, we come just as I am, with all our sin, with all our stuff, and we come to Jesus, we come to the cross, and we find freedom. So are you coming to Jesus today? Are you coming to, to, the, to the cross? Are you coming to the one who can bring life, who can bring hope, who can bring healing, who can bring everything we need? Are we coming to the cross? Are we coming to the King of kings and the Lord of lords just because we love Him as well? Not because of what we're going to get from Him. 
Just because that's, and, we, and we've worshipped this morning, and we, we, we've, it's just such a privilege, I think, to worship every morning. So Naaman was a, was a pagan. He went to the temple, he went to the temple of Rimon with his, with his, with his master. But, in his need, he meets God. And not only does he meet God and get his healing, he is changed. He suddenly, his mindset has changed. All the gods, there are lots of gods out there according to his, his, his uh, country and the countries all around. They all worship a different god. And he comes to the realization that there is only one god. There is only one god. And he is Yahweh. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And then we have this other guy. We have, we have Gehazi. Gehazi is a servant of Elisha. He's a servant. An apprentice possibly. Imagine that. The great prophet of that day. The great man of God. The, uh, he, was, he was it. He was the prophet of Israel. Imagine being his servant. What an honor. What an amazing thing to be the servant of, uh, of Elisha. So uh, Gehazi would have known the scriptures. He would have known the Bible intimately. He would have known everything that, were, that was written. He would have seen, he would have known all the stories of Elijah uh, and Elisha and he would have walked with them. The, the joy of that, of seeing people being healed and raised from the dead. That was the, what Elisha did. But uh, the, the sad thing of this story is he didn't meet God. He missed God. So let's have a look at the marks today of a man... Who meets God? What happens? When you and I have a real encounter with Jesus, and that's what we need, we need an encounter with the risen Christ. The disciples, after Jesus had been crucified, yes, and then he rose again, and they were scared. They they were scared, and they were, were worried, and they were hiding in the upper room. When they encountered the risen Christ, when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, when they were filled with power, what happened? They went into the world and they didn't worry about their own lives. In fact, when they got arrested and and they were going to be put in jail and and eventually they got released, what did they do? They prayed for greater boldness. We want to share this gospel, this good news, which was going to land them up in jail, which was going to land them up. If you look at all the disciples... Most of them lost, lost their lives in a fairly gruesome way, being hung upside down. Uh, there's, a whole, there's, there's a whole lot of different ways. It wasn't nice. This following Jesus, being a disciple of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, can be very difficult and can cost you and me our lives. So three marks. I'm going to keep it quick because it's like really hot today, but I hopefully, hopefully just stay with me here today. Three marks of Naaman. First of all, and I've mentioned it already, Naaman changed his thinking. He changed his thinking. There is a, and you and I need our minds to be renewed. We need to change our thinking. That's why what uh, Zuko was saying this morning, that as we read 
the, the, script, the scriptures, as we let the scriptures feed us, as we, we, we will see what God has done for us on the cross, we'll start having renewed minds, we'll look at life differently. Because we understand who this God of the Bible is, who this God of Israel is, who Jesus of Nazareth is. I don't want to know any other Jesus. There's a, a soccer player, I think he plays for, for Man City. His, his name is Jesus. I don't, I don't necessarily need to know anything about Jesus except that Jesus, the soccer player. All I know is that he earns uh, probably a, a million pounds a week for kicking a little ball. It's like bizarre. And so Naaman changes his way of thinking and you and I need to change our way of thinking. And as we read the scriptures and we let the scriptures mold us and inform us and we ask Holy Spirit to show us, then we are going to become more like Jesus. Because if I think right, then I'm going to start acting as Jesus, Jesus uh, did. So now, the second thing that uh, Naaman had was a, a complete new attitude to his possessions. Before his possessions, he was trying to buy his, uh, his healing. He was trying to, so he, he bought a lot. It was uh, equivalent of millions and millions of rands that he, that he was going to buy his healing. But when he meets the king of kings, when he meets God, he comes back to the prophet and what does he say? He says, please now accept a gift from your servant. His attitude has changed. It's a gift. And it's something which he, he wants to do because it's a joy, because of, because of what, he's ex, what he's experienced. Because he has experienced the healing and the health of, the health of God. But not only that, he's ex, he, he knows that God is the God of Israel. He's experienced the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so there's a joy in his heart. There's a humility in his heart. Please accept, what does it say? A gift from your servant. Suddenly now he's a servant. Back home, he was the number two man in the the whole nation. So he had servants running around... Uh, after his every request, whatever he wanted, he would just say the word and it would happen. And so he had to humble himself. The whole of the story of, of Naaman's healing is about humility. It's about coming lower and lower until the end. He just comes as a servant to the, to the prophet. When, one, when you and I encounter the grace of God, there should be, if we have a real encounter with them, there should be an increase in our generosity. Because God is a generous God. That's who He is. He's generous. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, what did He do? He gave. He gave. And you and I are called to be people who give. Not to get, but to give because we know that we've been loved. We know that we've been saved. I mean, money is a really important commodity in this world. It's not just money. It's a, if you have money or you don't have money, it's about self-esteem. It's about who you are. Often your, your, your wealth determines your self-worth. 
or your lack of wealth determines that you, you feel uh, worth, worthless, you feel uh, unworthy, you feel that you don't have anything to contribute. So before, before anything, when it comes to our money, we need to know, when it comes to our money, we need to know it's by grace we are saved. And now money can just become money. It can become a beautiful tool. It can be easier to forgive because we know to give because we know we, we have been given so much. We've all been given so much. So, Naaman has a, a, different, uh, a different path now. Before it was all about him, before it was a, it was a satanic path, before it, before it was all about what I can get. Suddenly now he encounters Jesus and he, gets, he encounters God and gets on the Jesus path. So you and I need an encounter with Jesus. So the first one, what was the first point? Can anybody remember? A change of thinking, a new attitude to our possessions, and the third thing is God becomes central to your life. Every part of your life. We sang a song earlier, a little bit earlier, and one of the lines in the songs, you are the king and center of it all. You are the king and the center of it all. Naaman had reached that point. Because you have this really strange few verses in 17 to 19. Then Naaman said, If not, please let there be given to your servant two mule loads of earth. What the hang? Why would I want two loads of earth from Israel to carry back to Syria, it seems like Syria has enough earth of its own. But here's the reason. For from now on, your servant will not offer burnt offerings or sacrifice to any god but the Lord. In this, in this matter, may the Lord pardon your servant when my master goes into the house of Rimon to worship there leaning on my arm, and I bow myself in the house of Rimon. When I bow myself in the house of Rimon, may the Lord pardon your servant in this matter. And Elisha says, that's okay. Go and do that. It's quite a strange little scripture, and reading in the commentaries and trying to make uh, uh, sense of what uh, Naaman is trying to say here. Naaman is not trying to say... Uh, Can I please stay here with you, Elisha, where it's nice, where it's easy? Can I still stay in Israel where that's where the God of Israel lives? No, he's saying, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to where I work. And his job was the right-hand man of the, of the king. And uh, he was wondering how he's going to survive there. How, is he, how his, was his testimony of meeting the, king of, the, the God of Israel, how was that going to be walked out? And so this is how he thought it would be. He would take two uh, carts of soil, two carts of soil, and every time he would go to worship, he would put down some soil. You must realize that the, the gods of those days were often tied to the, uh, the, the nation. So they were actually the god of the nation. The, the, they, they worshipped the state. 
They worshipped the nation. And so sometimes the gods, uh, the temple Rumen was the central temple of Syria. The god, of, the god Rumen was essentially a deification of the nation. And all great ceremonies would happen there. And so, so poor old Naaman now would have to go back and, and, and go to, to worship there. And so he took some soil. And that was going to be his testimony. People would understand that when he put the soil of Israel, because you'd have to explain it. It would be very strange if uh, somebody came to Sarepta and maybe I should have got a bucket of soil this morning and wheeled it down, wheeled it down, to, wheeled it down to the front. And you would say, it would have been a bit dirty. My wife would not have been able to handle that, so that's why I didn't do it. Uh, and and, and, and that's, that was signifying and showing that I love, the, I love the God of Israel. That I love, uh, I love Jesus. And you would have to explain that. So that's the, the positive side. What about Gehazi, the apprentice prophet? It's, it says it's not necessarily wrong for the uh, prophet to receive a gift. Because it says, is this the time to accept money? So it wasn't, it wasn't this is, we can't make hard and false, fast rules. Sometimes when we approach scripture uh, next week, we think everybody's going to bring their own uh, little bucket of, of, uh, of soil and we're all going to pour it, pour it out. Maybe it would be a good illustration in a picture because you'd remember it forever and ever. If you came and you bought a, your bucket of soil and, and in doing your bucket of soil, you, what you were saying, you were saying that I love Jesus. And so Gehazi goes after uh, Naaman. He's, he decides, I want some of this, 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 this what's it, mula? What's, it, uh, what's the right name? This money. I want some of this for myself. And so he starts and he, and he goes down a slippery slide because he starts lying. Tells a clever, clever lie, lie in the beginning. saying, this is, this is actually not for me. It's for uh, two prophets who've come down from the uh, from the hills, because he. So it sounds like a legitimate. And so Naaman gives them. He didn't ask for all of it as well. He just asked for a portion. So he was also pretty clever there. Quite a schemer. And then he comes back. And the moment of reckoning happens. He comes back and he lies to Elisha. I've been nowhere. Don't lie to Elisha. Don't lie to God. God knows everywhere we've been. Confess. If we've done anything wrong, confess. Repent. Change direction. Have a change of mindset. And what does it say in the scriptures? He will, he will forgive us. Look at the consequence. And we have a look at the attitude of Gehazi to the Syrian. So the Syrians were the enemies. And he thinks, how can this enemy be blessed? How can this enemy go back healed? How can this enemy go back knowing God? And he despises and he looks down on, on him. And, and he, uh, he, the, the difference is uh, Gehazi is self-righteous. Gehazi is arrogant. The Gehazi is proud. He wants stuff for himself. 
Gehazi is a religious person. He knew the Bible. And now he's trying to exploit this wonderful miracle for his own gain. Gehazi was ugly in the inside. Maybe, who is the other one? One of the disciples of, of Jesus, Judas, ugly on the inside. It was all about what I can get out of it. And now, Gehazi, what happened? Because he was ugly on the inside, it manifested on the outside. And he became leprous. Leprous. He had missed God. And yet he, had, he, he must have experienced many miracles and, 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 and Elisha and this, this prophet of God. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes we miss God and, and the thought came in the prayer meeting. I was thinking of somebody who was struggling and battling. And uh, it was the gifting that tripped them up. Their own strength. Jonathan Leach always says, what does it say in the scriptures? It's the, what is it? It's the, the devil, the world, and self. Those are the three things that trip us up. But he was saying it's actually sometimes your gifting. Because if, you, if you're gifted in an area, area, you start believing that it's you. You start believing that I'm okay and you can come to, to service. And I've, I've healed people and I've done this and I've done that. And we forget that we always come to God with need. So Sarepta, let's not miss God. Let's not miss God today. There are many people going faithfully every Sunday to church. But they haven't encountered Jesus. And we need to encounter Jesus. That's the thing that changes our life. That's the thing that changes our mindset. That's the thing that changes our generosity. That's the thing that makes Him central. Let's not be like the Gehazi, who for it's always about me, what I can get out of it. So can you stand? Repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace, for your mercy, for your love, for your judgment, for your life. I thank you, Jesus, that you live in me. 
I thank you, Lord, that I walk in you, that I walk with you, that you walk with me. And I pray, Lord, that I would encounter you today in every area that I need, where I need healing. I proclaim healing. I want us to thank the Lord for Daryl. For Daryl Schreiber has had extremely high blood pressure, has been in hospital this week. And that's a, it's a, uh, he's doing better. But he has a ministry, a pass through fire ministry, restoring the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the father. And we need him. And we need him to be strong and full of health and full of vitality. So point your hands to, to Esti and pray after me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Daryl. We thank you for your love for him. We thank you, Lord, that he is your son. And Lord, we, we declare and we pray for the healing of God in his life. That his blood pressure would be normal. And every day he'd wake up with, a, with, a, with praise on his, on his heart. With joy on his heart. And I thank you for the ministry. And I ask Lord that that ministry would explode. And, and young men... His lives will be changed. So we thank you for the Schreiber household. And we bless them. We pray for health. Thank you, Lord.